The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? And welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I'm your host, JP Ajahn Paz, and we're back at it again for part three of Who is Mr. WrestleMania? Joining me, of course, is Mr. HMG himself, Mr. TMPT, Mr. RBV. What's going on, Rick? All sorts of letters flying around there, but I gotta say, we're finally here. Three long weeks, so many sleepless nights. Going round and round in my head. Who's it going to be? Uh, so many evenings spent just going back and, and reliving so many tremendous WrestleMania moments. But hey, we, we're down. We're on the home stretch. We got a few more candy candy gets to discuss here, and then we got a, we got our big reveals. I'm ready to go. Who's it going to be? The real Mister WrestleMania. Yes, this will be the final pick that we're going to do, but it's not going to be the final part of the series. We'll have more on that later, but also joining us is the doctor himself, Mr. Michael Jargo. Jargo, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, this entire series has kind of taken on a life of its own at this point, right? Like I, I, I keep getting messages from random different people about how much they're enjoying this series. Uh, so here we go. Part three. And it sounds like there could be potentially a part four. Hell, we're even talking about some other big ideas for best of or worst of. So uh, this has kind of become its own little thing. It's it's a lot of fun. So uh, thanks for having me back. Oz. It's good to be here. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Definitely getting a lot of messages, a lot of positive stuff about this. So very cool. Got to keep it going. Once you get, you know, get it, the hot streak going, if you will, you got to just keep it rolling. So yeah, you keep playing your hand. But I, I do want to jump in our pause real quick. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, all the, the compliments that we're getting here. And I think what's what's so cool about this project that we're working on here is it's so easy. People just, oh, you know, so and so has got to be it. But when you really deep dive in it and you start dissecting, you know, each match, each moment, where they were at on that card. I, even, you know, if, if you still think you've got that clear cut, Mr. WrestleMania in your head, you can see where the other resumes begin to stack up. Absolutely. And, you know, we've talked about the Hulkster. We've talked about Shawn Michaels. We've talked about The Undertaker. talked about Macho Man. talked about Brett. talked about John Cena. Many guys we talked about. One guy we didn't talk about yet, and we probably should, because he's arguably the most popular superstar of all time stone cold steve austin now the thing with austin is he's had three main events two co-main events you think yourself the biggest star of all time 
probably should have been in more main events and and maybe not the, the co-main event is fine but maybe should have been in more main events it was like caught lightning in a bottle and it's gone so popular so over and then it was gone due to injuries and, and other things so it's one of those things where he definitely probably could cement his case even further to me but the fact that maybe he just didn't have enough main events is might might be where it's kind of hard for me but there's no doubt about it as far as a draw for wrestlemania as far as being the most popular guy on the show as far as being man just random ass people that i knew would be like man i'm watching wrestlemania because of steve austin um a friend of my father became obsessed with wrestling again because of steve austin i mean there's so many different people that you could say wow he's only in this many wrestlemanias but in those few wrestlemanias he probably attracted more fans than all, m- many of the other guys you already mentioned. So just one of those things where he probably was the draw times 10 of some of the other guys. So before I, I kind of get going, RBV, when I say Steve Austin, WrestleMania, what do you think? Well, I, you know what you're, you're hitting on there, pause and Jargo had mentioned this to me the other day. We were having a private conversation. We were kind of looking back at the recent biography from A&E uh, that highlight, you know, they got that tremendous series kicked off with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Jargo said, you know, sit there watching that. It's it's incredible the impact he had in such a short time. And, and something that we've asked regularly, you know, when we're looking at these individuals, what was the perception from that audience? And you're right, Paz. I mean, people were just drawn to Steve, you know, to Steve Austin. What is Austin doing? Just not at WrestleMania. I mean, you got to remember how awesome of a time that was and that attitude run every week. What is Stone Cold doing this week? What is he going to do? What level of absurdity is he going to take it take it to? Uh, on the biography, he even had Pritchard saying, yeah, we would sit around and just have meetings. What the hell can he come riding in on? Or what the hell can he do next? Uh, and that was the draw and the, the impact, just the awesomeness of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Jargo? I have heard it said that during the Attitude Era, the creative meetings for Monday Night Raw went like this. Vince McMahon walks into a room. What do we got for Austin this week? They would tell him what they had for Austin this week. And then Vince would leave because the rest of the show was not that important. As long (laughs) as they knew what was going on for Austin. That's really what it was all about. Um, and Rick's absolutely right. We had that conversation. It, it's incredible. The thing to me that stands out about Austin is he kind of brought it from where it was to where it was going. Because if you look at Austin's first main event at 14 against Sean, that's still, that was in Boston, but it's still inside of like a regular arena where they would run Monday night raw. Whereas as things would continue, that's when we started going into stadiums. And that was all because of Austin. Big time. The thing was with him, I know everyone talks about like Road Warrior Pop, Big Pop, Hogan blew, glass. blew the glass. roof off, blew the roof off the building. But the Austin, as soon as that glass broke, everybody went nuts. I mean, if you were at some of those shows and felt that live experience, it's like, holy shit, there's guys that are over. And then there's Steve Austin. I mean, it was nuts. So like the way you would react, you could literally feel it. People are behind. You could literally feel like the rush and the air of everybody getting up and exploding. And it was perfect with him. But as far as him being a draw, it's just immense what he was able to do. I mean, WCW was killing them, destroying them, almost put them out of business. Oh, let's make Shawn Michaels a champ. Ah, that failed. Nobody cared. You know, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's go back to Brett. Eh, it did okay. Not really. You know, it was doing okay. 
all of a sudden give Austin the title, you see the momentum turning. You see the McMahon-Austin storyline building. You see the NWO fading. Austin Tyson. Austin, you know, everything. Austin Undertaker. Austin Vince. You know, whatever it is. They just keep going back to that Austin well, and he was just the man. So his well, first WrestleMania oh, – I'm sorry to cut you off, Jargo. I was going to say his first WrestleMania is like, okay, Salvio, I think a lot of people forget that. But once he starts getting in the main event, then it's all bets are off. He's, he's top-notch. I, I think you're absolutely right, though. The problem with Austin is he was so hot. It was just so short. And when I think about Austin's run, like like you said, you know, going back to the first match with Sabio, nobody remembers that. Like, you just remember when Austin was on top, basically from 14 on. And it's crazy to think of how the pro wrestling world may have changed if Owen hadn't dropped him on his head. Like, if we would have had another, I mean, Austin looks like he could still go. Right now, if we would have had another 10, 15 years of Steve Austin, what would the pro wrestling world even look like? It could, it could be a very, very different landscape. Uh, that's, that's an interesting, I mean, with the intensity, I mean, even when you get into, I, I guess, uh, where you guys got the name of the show, the, the two man power trip sort of thing. When they, when they started tinkering with that and they thought that they needed some sort of change, even when he went back, it's just that luster wasn't there. And you saw as the business is transitioning away from the Attitude Era and society in itself, it, you see we're possibly, you know, is that stuff going to have that that shelf life that you're talking about, Jargo? Uh, but, you, you know, especially breaking the neck, uh, the knees, the rest of the body break down. I mean, he changed his style. Uh, you know, we remember the Hellraiser, the brawler. I mean, you go back to stunning, Steve. I mean, he was one of the absolute best technical sound inside that ring wrestlers in the world oh yeah that's why they brought him in as the ringmaster to begin with because was, he could get in there say, and outwork anybody even something as simple as great as, as stone cold steve austin was i mean it has that ring to it stone cold steve austin are we sitting here having this conversation of it's frosty mcbite Absolutely one of those crazy not. names they were the ringmaster frosty mcbite or whatever the hell they were pitching at him here but but i mean but he owned it you know and, and one of the things that was Right out of the gate on that biography, you know, a lot of people ask me, who is Stone Cold the man and who's the character? And he stumbles over his own words and he's like, I, I don't even know the answer. There is no difference. Well, we talked about this when he did that interview with Chris Jericho that, you know, as much as that was Steve Williams and Christopher Irvine sitting down to shoot the shit, that was Stone Cold Steve Austin and Chris Jericho, the two characters because they know their character so well that they just they can sit down and shoot and work at the same freaking time. And every time you see Stone Cold, that's exactly what it is. Like you just see Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like he is so in tune with that character. There's no line anymore. It's just what you see is what you get. Now, and that's what made you, him so great. Let me ask you guys, you know, what we as we're going through all these superstars and when we're running down the resume. We keep talking about moments. Was Austin Tyson the greatest crossover promotional moment in WrestleMania history? Hmm. I mean, just to, just to have those visuals and what I mean, what that meant on a much larger outside of our bubble. I mean, because I mean, you're you're running right there, right? You know, WrestleMania WWE programming is the lead on SportsCenter. Well, I mean, I, I think rock and wrestling, I would put number one, but I would probably put Tyson too. 
was it getting that coverage? I mean, who from there was was a bigger? Oh my God, he's in I don't a, know, he's man. In a the, WWE ring. The Cindy Lauper thing had mainstream attention before there was twenty four seven celebrity news cycles. Like that was a big freaking deal. I'm not trying to dismiss it. I, I just I'm kind of lending towards the magnitude of you know having Tyson there for that and those two of it was in the build with the push or if it's them you know post WrestleMania that uh, entire package is I incredible. might have to go Tyson Austin on that just because WCW was dominating and just killing them and all of a sudden that like infused this whole new fan base to say oh shit let's go watch WWF Tyson Austin what the hell oh they push each other and that whole thing. I mean well, uh, and, and Vince is perfect during that whole thing too I think JR helps that moment so much because you have that freaking immortal call of him Tyson and Austin Tyson and Austin like there, there's so many different ways that could have went off the rails. Everybody was just absolutely perfect inside of that segment. Plus, Austin ruined it for Vince. Remember, Vince said, you ruined it. You ruined, you ruined it. it. <laughs> you know, it, that's in that build there. I mean, everybody. Everybody the, knocked it out of the park. Everybody bought in because, you, you know, it, it's that old saying, you know, you don't have to. You don't. You can know if pro wrestling's fake. You don't have to believe in pro wrestling, but you better believe in the in the personas. And everybody bought in at that time, and it was it was unreal. And then you get that visual, at, you know, post WrestleMania there, you know, where they're celebrating there. And, and as you said, pause. That's when okay, man, they've got something here. This is a new era. There's something special coming. Well, and the other thing that worked out just purely coincidentally perfectly. As hot as Stone Cold Steve Austin was, on the other side, you had, you know, The Rock, the single greatest, you know, performer, like the most electrifying man in sports entertainment history. And now the biggest freaking star in Hollywood, like he, he Dwayne Johnson, you know, he's pretty good. But every generation, you know, there's that one guy, you know, there's that, that Hulk Hogan. There's the, right now there's the Roman Reigns. There was John Cena. They had two. And they just had magic chemistry together. But so I think having, you know, we're talking about Austin. I think we're going to talk about Dwayne a little bit on this episode too. But the combination of the two of them, really, that's what did it. So to me, what really got Austin over, and everyone says Austin 316, but after Austin 316 happened, he didn't do shit. He wasn't doing anything. He was wrestling Yokozuna on the pre-show on SummerSlam. So really, Bret Hart comes back and says, I want to work with this guy. So Vince is like, okay, they have an unbelievably awesome match at Survivor Series. I was there live for it. It was awesome. Uh, a lot of the fans were for Austin, even though there's Brett's return. They were loving Brett. A lot of the fans were for Austin just because he was kind of that new, new, cool upstart. Put S in front of Hitman. And that gives you my thoughts on, on Brett. I mean, that was an awesome line. So to me, okay, he starts working with Brett opens everybody's eyes it's like shit this guy he, this guy's unbelievable even more so then they start remembering the awesome austin 316 then they start remembering all these awesome promos and it starts to snowball but really the bret hart feud set him off and then the unforgettable wrestlemania 13 co-main event bret versus um steve austin obviously one of the greatest if not the greatest wrestlemania match of all time rick we talked about that probably is the greatest so that moment catapulted austin somehow even further so everything's kind of launching austin 316 launches the brett feud then the wrestlemania 13 and then boom he's off into the stratosphere blood from a stone that whole thing it was just unbelievable that match sets it up for him 
you bring up Austin 316 and how they didn't do anything with him afterwards. It wasn't supposed to happen, right? Like if the curtain call never happens, we never even get Austin 316. Right. Hey, it works crazy. So, I mean, it's just like that. And then you see it, Austin 316 ever. I'm sure you guys were the same way. You couldn't wait to get out. Fine. Well, I got to get my hands on one of those t-shirts. Where the hell are they? They were in WWE themselves. They were worried about all the bootleg shirts that were out there. How are they going to control this thing? Uh, and still, I think right now, it's their number one seller. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that does not surprise me in any way, shape, or form. It was perfect. It was a perfect moment. But alone for him to just kind of come up with that right on the spot. You know, which nowadays there's no way that would happen. Nowadays, everything is so thought out. Everything is so scripted. Somebody cutting that promo would know exactly what they were going to say, you know, like three hours before they got up there. Austin just put that together in his head and that's what made it. It was, it was real. It was organic. Well, he's on his way back from the hospital. I don't even know if we get to that point with even the clearance today, if they just remove him from the situation. Yeah, no, that's a good point too. But you know, back then it was, Hey, you get anything. You're not losing your spot, your moment. You're going to sacrifice. You go out there with your with the your arm cut off if you have to. Did you hear the Russo story about Austin three sixteen afterwards? Because you know he did the magazine, obviously, and he's doing it. He says to Vince, "Look at this, Austin three sixteen is on the cover." He goes, "The hell's Austin three sixteen? He's like, "Did you not see the King of the Ring?" He goes, "Oh, he said that and didn't even realize." So Vince McMahon, who eventually used it, didn't even realize what was going on at the point because he didn't think it was that important. But it's funny. Then I guess Bruce Bridge, everybody has the stories of then the crowd, and then obviously you see the signs of the crowd, but. Then the crowd started getting kind of behind it a little bit. But you could see Vince and the Machine weren't behind Austin 316 at first. Like I mentioned, SummerSlam pre-show match right after that against Yokozuna. So it's like they didn't really kind of get by behind Austin 316 until Brett came around. That, that's good. I, I think there was some, even something in biography where even Steve was like, they signed me and I didn't even meet Vince or something, something like he didn't even, he'd never seen, like he'd never seen Steve before. once, once or something, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then, uh, on the follow up on that, they had the lost treasures and mankind was talking and he said, after, you know, so many people, he had the cornets in there, uh, Pritchard and were just constantly, we got to sign this guy. No, no, no. He doesn't look like a WWE superstar. No, no, no. Finally, Vince gives in and he's like, all right, we'll sign him. But God damn, we got to put a mask on him. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like you think of like, not to go completely off topic here, but out of touch Vince can be until the guy like proves himself to him. Like, okay. Oh, I think triple H is this great star. And like, Oh, you know, like I'm going to give him this push. And that, that chubby fat guy Foley is actually way more over and got triple H over. And he's the guy that turned the tide eventually when you really kind of cemented the, the, the Monday night wars going to WWF. 800,000 people, which would be the whole audience for AEW and, and NXT, switched the channel over to watch this guy win a title wow. because of a spoiler. That's so, I mean, great. I've, I've never thought about it like that. I mean, you so just think. I mean, everybody tuning into Dynamite over. turns off your program and sees what the other station is going to. That's crazy. So just funny. It's like Foley. Yeah, the guy's pretty damn over. And, and you may not realize it at first, but one of the top stars uh, of all time. There's no doubt about it. The charisma the over ability, the promo, everything. The work rate was kind of underrated, I think, from him. But let's get back onto Austin for a second. WrestleMania 12, forgotten match against Salvio in a win. Loss to Brett, WrestleMania 13, probably the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. Up for a debate, maybe. Uh, WrestleMania 14, awesome match against HBK. 
begins the Austin era. WrestleMania 15 against The Rock, which is my favorite match because I was first row in Philly for it, and they both fell on my lap during it, which was awesome. Wow. Um, yes, awesome moment. If you can find me on the tape, you might be able to see I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt in honor of the in honor of The Rock that night. Um, I think I was wearing an Austin shirt underneath and a Hawaiian shirt over, if I can remember. I have to ask my, my brother and my buddy who we went to the show with. So then 16, he's injured, unfortunately, because, man, 16 was such a downer to me because he wasn't involved. Well, they load him really, really hard for four, through 14 and then all the way through 15. I mean, yep. it was just I, he didn't have anything left in the tank at that point. Like they had ridden him really, really hard there for about two years. 17 versus The Rock, awesome match. He gets the win. 18, good match against Hall. It was kind of like just there. Unfortunately, he didn't get the Hogan match because of some politics, and he didn't want the Hogan match. And So he ended up with Hall. He gets the win. Then 19, obviously, his farewell, and a loss to The Rock in another good match. Three main events, two co-main events, five and two career record. That's it. Seven matches. WrestleMania, kind of surprising. Goes off in the sunset with the loss to The Rock. You knew something was up because he kind of stays around a little bit after that match, but Epic draw, unbelievably popular. Those three main events through the roof. You could say he's partially responsible for us main at 19. Because I don't know, going in, I always thought Austin Rock was probably going to be the main event that night. I know they they uh, pumped up Hogan and, and, and uh, Vince McMahon a lot, but I didn't expect it to be Angle Lesnar ever at all. I just didn't. Um, so he's basically the main draw for a bunch of WrestleManias. Probably has his greatest WrestleMania feud of all time against The Rock. I don't know, Steve Austin... Maybe a flash in the pan, quote unquote, according to, to some, but unbelievable run. I think it's, the biggest thing is the longevity. Right. And and then there's also, you know, that that period in time when they inexplicably turned to Austin heel for no apparent reason. <laughs> and and yes. now we've come to find out that it's just that Austin was hurting and they were trying to keep him on the show. And that's when he started doing all the comedy stuff and the heel turn stuff. And it just that was not the same until he had kind of reached like that legendary status, right? That was kind of like the third part of his WWE run is when he's just, he's stone cold, Steve Austin, like dude can do whatever the fuck he wants. Cause he's stone cold, Steve Austin. Right. And, and that to me is kind of the conclusion there with those rock matches and they're really good, man. Those matches, those two guys just had incredible chemistry. Always, when those two guys were in the ring cutting promos off one another, they just had incredible chemistry. But you're talking about two of the greatest performers of all time and two guys that could have had another 10, 15 years on their careers if it weren't for ambitions and injuries. RBV, think about this for a second. Kevin Sullivan told me that as the guys like Hogan and Savage, they started aging, Austin and Rock came into the prime at the same time. He said it was unfair. Because you knew that you have those two guys are probably, you know, up there Hogan level, but Hogan's past his prime. It's almost unfair, like to have those guys going up against you guys. When when you would speak to you know like like Mister Sullivan there, does he did he ever kind of speak in depth about as you're watching as from the other team? And it's like you say, I mean, that's not fair. I mean, what is this like? What are the conversations they're really having? Like, God damn, you know, I mean, how, how can we keep up? How can we, I'm, I know they were hot for, you know, that 83 weeks and all that, but I mean, you got to see like, damn, they're, they're, they got something magical over there. Basically he puts it into some boxing terms, like, oh, that'll be a knockdown or you know, that it could be a knockout. Austin Rock is, is like a you know, TKO in the, in the 10th, like you're, you're fighting, you're struggling. And then those two come along 
um, you know, and really, really just give them a huge shot in the arm. Love that feud. And I love how, you know, those three WrestleManias, hey, let's go back to the well. People will be interested. And, oh, yeah, every year, 15, great buy rate. 17, a, a, a tremendous buy rate. Over a million just did huge numbers. And then, obviously, kind of went back to the well at 19 as well, and that did pretty damn good as buy rate-wise. As you said, Paz, I mean, it, it's got to be uh, the greatest rivalry in, in WrestleMania history. And to have those two beyond mega stars at the same time, uh, I mean, you're talking, that's unfair. You know, the planets align. You could book it right now. You, you could book it for yeah. WrestleMania 38. You could announce it that we're going to have the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he is going to be taking on The Rock, and you would get a million people for the buy rate. And you wouldn't have to charge peacock prices. You could go back and charge the fifty nine right. ninety nine pay per view model, and people would buy that thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's the star power of those two guys. I mean, just absolutely off the charts. Okay. But the the thing now, that works against Austin just not enough of a body of work. I with, agree there. With Rocky, obviously, he'll be the next guy we talk about because we're talking about Austin. Let's talk about the Rock. Five main events two co-main events had some tremendous matches like we mentioned with Austin, but then other ones uh, stick out the one against Hogan WrestleMania 18 and not as far as just being great matches, but as far as really just putting another guy on, on the map, I know Cena was huge, but once Cena got into that feud with the rock and, you know, they were cutting those promos back and forth that really kind of put Cena on another level and got him noticed in the mainstream where he was making fun of the rock for doing movies and stuff. And all of a sudden, he gets noticed because he's wrestling The Rock, and now he's doing movies and stuff. And he has since obviously apologized to Rock that he's stupid, and he could he could see obviously wanting to do movies and, and get away from the business. So, one of the things with The Rock, eleven matches, six and five record, not a lot of wins. Not that that matters, but sometimes it's funny to to kind of see like, oh, I wonder why he didn't have more wins. But obviously, those two losses to Steve Austin, the WrestleMania sixteen match where Triple H ends up winning at the end, is kind of really weird booking and to be honest terrible booking i mean i, I remember at the time uh, we had a pool going and i just threw triple h's name in the hat i ended up winning money like by chance and my my buddy had picked the rock i'm like obviously the rock is winning i mean it would be so stupid if it wasn't all of a sudden triple h wins i was like all right i guess i'll take everybody's money but that was horrible like what the fuck like why the hell did he win like that that was rock's time like he's he's the man he's the guy triple h was the guy who works with the guy i mean the guy needs to win and go over at wrestlemania Especially with Austin Hurt, he was the guy. Baby's up. There you go. Yeah, WrestleMania is a baby's up show. You know, I think it was you know as we were talking with Austin, where he lost a little bit of that appeal. I mean, he was still entertaining in his comedy stuff. Where whatever they had Austin in, he was so good. He, he knew how to deliver, but he lost a little of that luster, that shine when he lost to Badass. No matter what Rock we got, Rock was always magnificent, and he could do those little twists and turns there. And he said, you know, when they needed to turn the rock to be the guy to take the ball and run with it, he absolutely did. It is the same qualities, positives we talk about in Austin were just society. The crossover appeal, people that are just drawn to professional wrestling, it was that same thing. You know, what, what's rock up to? What kind of shenanigans, crazy antics is, is he going to pull out, you know, around the bend here? And he works so well with so many around him, making, you know, making so many people look good. And hit the magic, you know, what we talked about with Austin the great feuds with, with Triple H and ultimately probably I think the program, we talked about the greatest feud at WrestleMania with Austin, but the program that really defined Rock is, you know, with Foley there. Well, and there are still people clamoring for The Rock to return and do a Roman Reigns and Rock match. And yeah. I mean, it, it sure seems like that 
is kind of the direction, like the setup is there at any given moment in time, you could bring Dwayne in and boom, you're off and running. Right. It's a matter of, could you get him? What what did you tell me? Like the percentage of people that would vote for the rock for president right now? Well, it it was something like 49% of people polled at least wanted him to run for president, which is ridiculous to me because people, I, I, I think they are going to be very disappointed when they actually find out where the rock lies on a lot of policy issues, because he tends to fall to the right. And I think that's going to surprise <laughs> a lot of people. Um, <clears throat> Dwayne is very much the same way as Austin, right? Like there's no denying the star power there. There's no denying what he could do inside of a professional wrestling ring. The rock is one of the goats, but it was also a springboard, right? Like, and and I think people do, there is still a little bit of animosity between pro wrestling fans in Dwayne Johnson. Like, yeah, we love you because you came from our world, but you know, you really could have stuck around for another 10, 15 years, man. Like we we wouldn't have had to deal with John Cena and we wouldn't have had, you know what I mean? Like the PG era with the rock on top would have looked and felt very, very different. I do think there's a little bit of animosity there between pro wrestling fans and the rock. Like, yeah, we love you, but why didn't you stick around? Yeah. Like, and and that's kind of like heel rock is the best rock, you know, because number one, he can go out and he can just say whatever the hell he wants to. And he's really, really good at that. And he's really fun to boo. Like when you think about Dwayne Johnson, like, he is too freaking perfect. And I just want to see you get punched in the face because you deserve it because your life is so freaking great. You know, like I wish that I had a a private chef that made me seven meals a day so I could intake 5,000 calories and all this other crazy stuff. Like he's the freaking rock and he has earned being the freaking rock, but man, talk about jealous. Yeah. I'm a little jealous of Dwayne Johnson because he seems pretty freaking great. And I want to see somebody punch him in the face. He's a great baby face too, because so funny, so relatable. And he's not one of those guys where it's like, Oh, he's, he's never going to job. You always have that feeling like, Oh, cause he puts so many guys over. So it's always like he could lose here. Oh, he's like, he's very vulnerable. Even though he's six, five two seventy five. It's like, Oh, he could lose here. Very vulnerable. So it's always a cool kind of dynamic with him face or heel thing with me that always kind of got over with me he always got the backstage announcer over like all of a sudden michael called this little dork you're like who's this guy kevin kelly Hermie, like who's this guy coachman like uh lillian garcia when she was doing he always would get the backstage announcer over somehow and i I, that that kind of stuff always kind of like chuckles me because nowadays it's such a waste like oh they go back to each oh jesus christ oh what what waste of time then it's like you get excited like even then he's feuding with jericho oh what are these two gonna say back and forth to each other just he always added an extra element to me of fun laugh uh comedy done right even though wrestling always does comedy that's wrong and wrestling always screws up comedy he's one of the few guys that can actually do it right i mean it doesn't matter, you know, who are you? It's Rudy Pooh Candy S. So many good catchphrases. And I feel like that resonated with so many people. And that's why he, you know, main evented basically three manias in a row, then was against Hogan and Austin, which is the two biggest stars of all time. He goes over both of them, 18 and 19. You could say co-main event, but kind of a big part of the show. So I mean, kind of one of the big draws of the show as well. Then he comes back with the Miz as the referee. 
and or whatever the the host really but he he got involved in the main event he was involved that was the big draw of that show and then we've seen it forget about it, the worst match of all time but um cena the next two years of mania he drew the house he drew the crowd that's why the people wanted to kind of get into wrestlemania and that was the story so to me rock has got to be considered just because he was the draw of seven shows and that's that's a lot. It's more than I could say about <clears throat> Shawn Michaels, <clears throat> uh, other guys that we've talked about before. I mean, it's pretty big. If you think about it, seven years of kind of being the, the main guy. It, it, you know, I, I regularly go back to, I, I, I love my moments. I, I love big energy around a match. I don't know if it comes any bigger than what, because I don't know that we fully expected. We were looking forward to it. Some disappointment that we weren't getting Austin and Hogan. But man, when you when that bell rang, when you saw them in that ring, Rock and Hogan, and then that energy and how it just started to shift, and you could see that Rock had to he had to make that flip himself. He had to be able to adjust and work on that fly. Uh, that was incredible inside of itself. Uh, you know, arguably one of the greatest moments in WrestleMania history. Uh, so, so you know, so, and that's what you know for me what I'm looking at uh, things that are going to live on those little special pieces of history like that, that I'm going to carry with me in my fandom for the rest of my life. Uh, it's not movesets or anything like that. It's those, that, that energy, that aura around it. And it, rock Austin, anything he was involved in there, as you said, I mean, he was, he was the, the draw. He was the focal point. He was what was going to sell seven for seven of these shows here. You're talking about yeah, how he interacts with others. I, I'm even looking forward to it. If they can get it done in LA, wherever the case might be for, for Reigns and Rock. But now I'm looking for the, the verbal jousting. Hopefully Heyman's still around with with Reigns just to see those two go back and forth in the build. It's got to be Dallas, though, no? Do they want to sell 100,000 people? Don't you think it should be Rock and Reigns? I, I don't know. You, you've got enough you can pull back. People are hungry there. Dallas is going to sell anyway. Uh, LA is a little bit more difficult. Plus, I mean, you got the Holly, you got the Hollywood ties there. You, you know, you you got a little more PR to pump it up for the Rock. Are you keeping the title on range for two years? What's going on here? Well, I mean, you don't have to keep it on for two years. We, I don't even think that match needs a title. <laughs> Why right. not? But I, it, I at next, who would you rather media, see walking around with that title right now, other than Roman Reigns? Nobody. I mean, so why not just and, leave and it on of, and build him as think, a dominant champion? Think of the atomic heat in this day and age if you actually had someone walking around with a title for two plus years. Well, yeah, I mean, Okada held the title for 720 days. You know, like, let him just be a dominant champion. There ain't nobody else that I could believe on that roster right now, you know, unless you somehow screw him out of it. Why not? It makes the match feel bigger if you've got you know, Roman Reigns, champion for 1,500 days. Why not? They did it with Bruno. I would love it. There's literally nobody on his level. I mean, Daniel Bryan's great, but I don't want him to be the champion. You know right. what I mean? It, he doesn't need it. So, yeah, I think he should just be, literally just kill everybody. Uh, Cesaro can be the next contender after uh, Daniel Bryan, and he loses. That's the oh, thing. Just, thing. Keep going. I mean, that atomic heat, man. He just, everyone's stepping up. All these darlings, no one can do it. Finally, here comes The Rock. Well, and, and, and that's he kind of the too. thing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's kind of the thing with The Rock, though, because when you look at The Rock, one of the things that makes him so freaking great is that he was so protected in the booking, right? And then you look at his opponents at WrestleMania, they were also guys that were protected inside of the booking. So the matches just felt so much bigger 
because you couldn't see either guy losing. Rock and Sock came back WrestleMania 20 against Orton, Flair, and Batista. Always is like a forgotten thing. I feel like it kind of should have been pushed pumped more. I know it wasn't that great of a match, but it's funny. Like all those years in a row, if you think about who the rock was in the ring with. So you go basically Austin Hogan, Austin, and then he's in there with flair. Pretty cool for <laughs> the old rockster there. He's in the ring with some of the best, but he, you know, one of the best, he himself, but let's just go run through real quick. A win over the Sultan at WrestleMania 13, a win over Shammy at WrestleMania 14, a loss to Austin at WrestleMania 15, that horrible loss at WrestleMania 16 with, uh, Foley, Big Show, and Triple H, and that weird fatal four-way that should never have happened. Should have just been Rock, uh, Triple H, one-on-one, and Rock should have went over. Then 17, a loss to Austin. 18, a win against Hogan. 19, a win against Austin. Like we just said, WrestleMania 20 was a loss to Evolution. 28, his return was a win against Cena. 29, a loss versus Cena. 32, a win in six seconds versus Eric Rowan. Record six of five, five main events, two co-main events. There's your case for Rocky Maivia. What a draw. And even when he wasn't involved in matches, uh, just, you know, when he'd come back, those moments, uh, they, they were a spectacle inside of themselves. Uh, was it was it the uh, Silver Dome, right? Or Superdome, I know. I mean, just that, yeah, seeing him and Hogan and Austin kicking off that thing. Uh, I mean, that was something that you'll remember. Uh, how cool that was, you know, down there at 30. Uh, and then, I mean, how many times does he host it now? Three? Has it been three? I don't know. I know it was two or once, twice. It was a couple. Well, I didn't. I mean, the thing, you know, out in uh, San Francisco when you got the involvement with Rousey, and that was kind of that teaser that yeah. it was, you know, they wanted to put Rock in that where we eventually got Angle. Uh, you know, people were hot for that for how long? You know, just still talking about it outside of wrestling circles. Damn, Rock and Rousey are going to team up. I mean, that's going to be must see. Fortunately, they can never get it, you know, get it to come to the point where they can pull it. Triple H always squeezes his way into that stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, you know, you almost think that he was quite the politician backstage or something, right? Yeah, yep. I just love the, and we mentioned this uh, before, how he was not beating Hogan. I, lo- I love that. Right after Triple H, one time, it wasn't beat Hogan. Um, couldn't politic his way, and, and Shawn Michaels couldn't politic his way to a win over Hogan either, which I, I absolutely love. But the last man, we kind of were talking about him before, not the last man we're going to discuss, but the next guy we're going to discuss, Roman Reigns. It's like, oh, he can't be Mr. WrestleMania. He hasn't been around that long. He had more WrestleMania matches than Austin, had as many main events as The Rock. So I feel like just because he is the guy at the moment, I feel like just throwing his name in the hat because this past WrestleMania 37, he beat Edge and Daniel Bryan dominant fashion. This is his fifth main event. When you're thinking now, he's just getting started and really coming into his prime. This guy is going to be the main event leader. I think he's going to somehow surpass Hogan, who had eight main events. I think he may end up with the most, if you just think about it, right? I mean, he when is he, he not going to be the guy? He's really coming into his own right now. I think for the case of the conversation, uh, incredible early run. He, he's planting those seeds. I think with Roman Reigns, the conversation really is, is he the next Mr. WrestleMania, is it is it his throne to take? Uh, I just I can't. I mean, come on, it's Roman Reigns. <laughs> well, why? I, I mean, you're looking I at just, the resume no, here. You're looking I know. At the big matches. I know. I know. I just. But he, he, here's the problem with Roman Reigns. Everybody else that we have talked about throughout this entire series, right? 
we watch their careers, we watch them develop into these performers that went and they grabbed the brass ring, right? They became these superstars. And then there's Roman Reigns, the guy that we know has just been shoved down our throats for the la- better part of a decade at this point. You know what I mean? Yes, he's coming into his own now. Well, that's great if he hadn't been shoved down our throats for five years. You know what I mean? So I, it's it, it's kind of like Roman Reigns' justification for being the main event at WrestleMania is the fact that he has headlined so many WrestleManias. And it's like, well, yeah, but the company's the one that puts you there. You know? And, and so... Roman is just, he kind of feels like an anomaly. I do think in five, 10 years, we can revisit this and it could be something like a Shawn Michaels where like, you know, there's that first part of the Roman Reigns era where we didn't really see it. We didn't feel like he deserved to be in that position. And then he kind of earned people's respect and he kept having these great WrestleMania main events and, and actually earn the spot that he was put into during the first part of his career. I think that's a real possibility, but right now, come on, it's Roman Reigns. Like, no, no, it's Roman Reigns. I don't think you're giving quite the credit that, that he, for the work no, that I he am puts giving in. Him credit. I'm giving him credit for what he could do in the future. I, I, I get, I know, but when you're talking about, the over he's been overly handed things he's pushed into the spot there's a lot of tangibles that we don't see that he is that workhorse behind the scenes he is overly dedicated where others aren't as invested that knows what it takes to be in that spot yep we the problem is we the fans we the journalists we do not like roman reigns at this point right now as we sit down here today to record because we don't feel that he had earned that position. Now he is out there and he is earning that position. And in a few years, the conversation may be very, very different than what it is today. That's what I'm saying. I'm giving him credit for what he can do. I think ultimately what what hinders a Roman Reigns is the same thing that that really kind of held back Sean and Brett is the product is so God awful right now. Yeah. And I mean, it, it that's the worst spot to be on that roster on top when it's just rotten to the core. And I think the other thing that hurts Roman Reigns is the wrestling fans know that Roman Reigns is not a wrestling fan. Like the wrestling fans want to pull for our guys, right? Like we wanted to pull for CM Punk. We wanted to pull for Daniel Bryan, like the purest, the guys that bought, just I love this bought, business. I never bought into that. Well, I know you didn't, but that's because you're a douchebag. <laughs> I'm saying on on the whole, like we've always felt there was somebody else that was more worthy of that position than Roman because they were a wrestling fan. They gave their blood, sweat and tears on the Indies. And, you know, it's almost like Baron Corbin when he was in NXT. Like I made a phone call, you know, like I I just feel like there's a real animosity towards Roman Reigns. That was a great gimmick. That was a great gimmick. But I, I under, I guess I get that there, but still, why don't, why don't we feel that way about the rock? I mean, sure. I mean, he grew up in the business just like Roman. Remember when the rock came out and raised up Roman's hand, people booed the rock. It's like the first time. That was just that bastard Philly crowd. (laughs) (laughs) They they cheered Santa Claus being taken out on a stretcher. I mean, that's just that bastard Philly audience there. But I mean, even, you know, 
Now he had to do the territories. He had to work his way up. He fell in love with the business by after entering the business. But like guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin, he didn't grow up wanting to be a professional wrestler. Hulk Hogan didn't grow up wanting to be a professional wrestler. You just run into a guy when you're at the gym or you're working the door at a club and they see your size. Like, oh my God, you want to come make some damn money. I think there's a lot of the same conversation that is going to be around Charlotte. Like, I feel like there's a lot of animosity towards Charlotte. The thing is, Charlotte's went out and earned that spot. Charlotte is the best inside of the company, bar none. There's no question about it. There's always been somebody else that we've always felt like deserved that spot. They just gave it to Roman. Now, you know, maybe in five years, we can look back on it and say, you know what? Vince was right. He, he was right to go with Roman for that early part of his career. Kind of like, you know, with Switchblade Jay White, when they first made him IWGP champion, everybody was like, no, they're not. He's not ready for that. And now here we are, like two years later, he's the hottest heel in the freaking world. And absolutely, he is destined to be IWGP champion again. Like he earned that spot. Who are, who are these? Uh, Jay White, uh, <laughs> Ukata. Who, who the hell are these people you're talking about? We're, we're talking. Pro, this is a I, pro wrestling conversation. I don't know yeah, who these but people are Jarko. I like to think that the TMPT audience is a little. They they know what I'm talking about. They know I'm making comparisons because they're a smart wrestling audience. You know, we're not we're not dealing with what you does, know your your, your typical primitive pro wrestling fans. What was Big Ray? Uh, Kung Mark Fu. Of the masses? Kung Fu Karate Ninja Fighting. Is that what he? <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So Reigns main evented four WrestleManias in a row. 31 versus Brock and, and Seth Rollins. Seth obviously comes in at the end and cashes in and wins. Then against Triple H, he wins. Then 33 against Lesnar, he loses, shockingly. 34, he beats Undertaker. And then obviously you know, he had the cancer thing. So then 35, he had a match against Drew McIntyre, which he wins, but nowhere near the top of the card. Then obviously 36, did not come because of COVID, even though he was supposed to fight Goldberg. So Strowman kind of took his place. That kind of stinks because it would have been probably another main event under his belt. And then 37, like we mentioned, with Edge and Brian him getting the win. Didn't even mention 29 with the Shield versus Orton, Sheamus, and Big Show in a win, which is a forgotten match that I didn't even remember. And then 30, another match that I completely forgot, the Shield versus Kane and the New Age Outlaws, which the Shield won. Mm, so 6-2 and two record uh, at the uh, showcase of the Immortals. Just to me, if you think about it, okay, next year in Dallas, if he's not fighting The Rock, it should be him, Lesnar, headlining, or him, Cena. Throw that out there. You got to have him against a big name, but to me. And then the year after, then you could do him versus The Rock. I'd say maybe Cena. I'm still, I, I'm still just set. Hold out for the year. Save it for WrestleMania. Give us Lashley, Lesnar, in the big D. And make just sell it as a shoot. That's going to uh, be it, the main event? That, that's what that's what I'd main event with. I don't even know if I'd have any other matches. I just have that. Just just have them cut their <laughs> fight. That's the show. Uh, but I, again, though, when I when I look at Roman Reigns, I, I know the work that he's put in. I'm okay with him being on top, having those opportunities at WrestleMania. But what do I go back to? Moments, memories, and unfortunately, right now for Roman Reigns, I don't have any. Nope. At WrestleMania. No, the, the closest thing that I have is the night after WrestleMania when he defeated The Undertaker and he stood in the ring and got booed for like 15 minutes straight. That was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. And then he and just, you know, yeah, he just, he, every time he would bring the mic up, the crowd would boo a little bit louder. 
until finally like 15 minutes into the show. And he simply says, this is my yard now and walks off. Like I, I, I thought that was like, to me, that will probably be the highlight of Roman Reigns's early career for me. Like that was a really, really cool moment. Yeah. He, I feel like uh, with him, he's one of those guys that yes, maybe he got an early push and, and maybe like it's not, he didn't deserve it, but it's like, okay, they're really kind of shoving this guy down our throat. But now to me, I'm at the point where I'm like, all right, this guy is main event level and I'm accepting of the fact that he did main event all those shows just because he is the guy and Vince was right that he was the guy. It, it's funny because like we talk about like guys like Sean, guys like Brett, guys like Austin that we watched, you know, like from their early days in the company and we watched them kind of work their way up the card, paying their dues until they finally get on top. We've watched the same thing with Roman Reigns. The only difference is he was on top the entire time. Do I see uh, some jealousy from RBV about Reigns? That's what I'm kind of sensing that. I don't know about you. Carter. No, I'm not. All the respect to the guy, man. I just, it, like, you know, as Jargo's talking about, what will the, the next chapter of his WrestleMania career, what will that give us? Uh, so, again, can we sit down five years from now, have this conversation again, and is he more at the top of the list? Now, another guy I just want to throw out there, he's not going to be Mr. WrestleMania, but I want to throw him out there just because you want to talk about moments, two WrestleManias in the row had the two biggest moments, maybe in WrestleMania history, you could throw it out there to a lot of people. I just want to throw out the Ultimate Warrior just because big matches, legendary name, four and one career record. I know one main event, one co-main event, but just want to throw him out there for six and seven. Hogan match to me is one of the, my top five. Savage match, top five. That era of guys will never be forgotten. And you want to talk about moments and memories. Just want to throw Ultimate Warrior's name in the hat because you will never forget him. I even say, you know, outside of just those those big memories. And yeah, I mean, for, for me, especially as a young fan, how impactful the Warrior was or even that, that I still am in love, obsessed with professional wrestling to this day. But heck, you know, even before that, and, and we were talking about when the glass shattered, those things that you just pop, when that Warrior music hit, your heart started going as fast as he was going to hit that ring. That adrenaline started running through you. Even going back, was it four when he makes the spot? He comes out and who's he's got like Hercules there? Hercules, yep. In a way, he's got yeah. Hercules there hey, at five on the undercard. Rick Great Rude. match with Rude. Yep. I, I I think you know what you remember when somebody just like broke your heart, stabbed you, and I, I couldn't have hated him more than anyone in the world when Bobby Heenan grabbed that damn leg. <laughs> So to allow, you know, that was he's pulling him, bringing him in for that suplex over that top rope. Man, I, I, that's right there, man, at that weasel. That's when I just took it to another level, hated him. Uh, so, yeah, it, and while he, whatever you want to say it here, the, how terrible he was in the ring, how disliked he was backstage or whatever, from that fan perspective, on those big stages like WrestleMania, he absolutely delivered. Chargo, anything to throw in there? Well, you, you know, when we talk about Hulk Hogan and I, I make the comment that he's a terrible person and, and, and I have absolutely no usage for Hulk Hogan, but I can separate, you know, the, the, the person from the career and I can be objective when it comes to Hulk Hogan's career. I can't even do that with the warrior. I just, I, I, uh, I can't do it. Can't do it. He's a terrible human being. 
and um, they, they should strip the, the name of the warrior award away from it. He, he is not worthy of having his name on that award. It should immediately be renamed the Shad Gaspard award and uh, his family should be given the, the, the very first one. Um, I, I just have absolutely no usage for the ultimate warrior, but if you are only going to, you know, if, if we can go down to like, you know, two WrestleMania matches and you want to throw somebody else into the running, um, I, I will negate your ultimate warrior and I will stop my rant about what a terrible human being he was. And I will raise you a Daniel Bryan, because if you want to talk about WrestleMania moments, um, yes, might be it. Like th- that was freaking huge. Um, and and I, I would put Daniel Bryan higher on my list of Mr. WrestleMania than I would the ultimate warrior. I love Daniel Bryan. I, I love him, but I felt like the injury just killed him because he could yeah, have been a part of WrestleMania 31, but yep. it just, it didn't continue. And it's funny too, because easily probably the best wrestler in the company for years, but just hasn't had all the, except for 30. And this year, those WrestleMania moments where you're like, wow, that's such a great match because the tag match with Shane was horrible. I hate Owens and I hate Zayn and I don't know. They're so lame, but it's like, oh, that sucked. What a downer for him. I know we completely carry Kofi to a good match. The best match Kofi ever had, but uh, Kofi mania to me, too manufactured, was, wasn't feeling it, wasn't into it. But I mean, he did his best and he made Kofi look great, but wasn't really, I don't know, not, not feeling that that much. But man, WrestleMania, I love it. Dana Bryan might be my uh, favorite wrestler. Well, currently he is, but one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Easily love the guy. It, it, Rick, we've talked about this with Kevin Owens before that Kevin Owens always gets c- kind of cooled off around WrestleMania season. Uh, Daniel Bryan's the same way because nobody wants to put the goat face on the freaking WrestleMania poster. They want to put guys that look like Roman Reigns on the WrestleMania poster. And I, it, you're right. For that visual, you're looking for that that broader appeal, and they absolutely just don't see it. And I, I don't know if it is there, but knowing what we know about Daniel Bryan, there there is a charisma. There is something very special. Yeah, he's he's not just your run of the mill what five nine, you know, south to two hundred pounder. Uh, there is something very special as I, I guess it's more disappointing that we don't have so much more to talk about with Daniel Bryan when we're talking about, you know, Mr. WrestleMania, uh, yeah. because you think about the potential when you go back and look at the spots, if they just would have believed a, a little bit more in him, but yeah, there's certainly those moments. Uh, the, the yes movement was incredible. Uh, it, the emotion, uh, I mean, real tears, Inside of a vacuum, man. I mean, that might be the best WrestleMania moment. I mean, like that was freaking incredible. That whole New Orleans setting was incredible. Even, I mean, there's something, and it was all centered around Daniel Bryan. I mean, that's when wrestling has not had that connection. I mean, that audience firmly believed, like they were, they were buying in. There was, there was something there. They, they truly. Daniel Bryan and WrestleMania were still above them all, but they they felt like they were they were feeding the fire. You know, it was that that are we in awe of a moment? Are we in awe of superstars? Absolutely well, and, had it there. But I even I'll even remember what Sheamus kicked his head off. That's going to be one of my WrestleMania mania memories. You know, the yeah. kiss, and he just boom, it's over. And how remember how infuriated people were <laughs> over that? I think the thing with Bryan is it felt like it was a victory in the war on fans for the fans, right? Like we, we, we talk about Roman reigns and how he was shoved down our throats. Um, going back to Austin, 
Austin got so hot that Vince was forced to go with Austin. It's not like Stone Cold Steve Austin was going to be Vince McMahon's number one choice, right? Right. Daniel Bryan, very much the same way. Like he got so hot that Vince couldn't help but put him over in the main event of WrestleMania and give him the belts. It's not like it's a decision that Vince wanted to do. You know what I mean? But the fans forced it. And it was like, hey, we got one. One for the good guys. Well, in that moment, and I do want to give credit to the creative direction to the McMahons on this one because they plant those seeds because they're out there every week. We make the calls. Yep. We tell you what you're going to cheer for. We tell you what you're going to buy. We tell you when you're going to watch us. We call all the shops around here. And then, as you said, Jarka, I mean, the people were okay. They were hungry. They're, you're you're gonna you're gonna ra- you're gonna rage against the machine. Yep. And that's what happened. Unfortunately, though, after the yes movement, after things had cooled off after that WrestleMania, they they kind of backfired because the people were still like, you know what, that really is what's happening. This yeah, that, that, that's pretty much how it goes, <laughs> right? Yep. This, this really is what's happening. This sucks. <laughs> it, it, it like it it climaxed and it peaked. It was so incredible. Where the hell do we go from here? Because remember how cool it got when he had to turn around and, and he's working with Kane there, and then of course the injury and it just for never to get back to that magic. Uh, well, Bosch said though he was part, he was right? so great. Daniel Bryan was so great in in helping Kofi Mania. The injury is the worst part because you know part of Hunter's argument, the the office's argument is you're too reckless. You're going to hurt yourself. Like we can't put you on top because we need somebody that's going to be here 52 weeks a year. Look at John Cena, the five moves of doom, right? You know, we, we, we can't trust. And then what's he do? He goes out and he gets hurt. And yeah, it was you know, like, month, God damn it. Hunter was right. A month later, he's still out there jumping off into flatbeds and <laughs> diving headbutts and. Oh, uh, hashtag no more headbutts. All right. Right now, let's go to the selection process. RBV, I'm only going to give you about a minute or so. So you got to make this case strong, and you got to make it well. Who is Mr. WrestleMania? Final choice. Well, I've broken this down here. And as I said, sleepless nights. Uh, So much going back and forth. I have already removed The Undertaker. There's no disrespect to the dead man. I just believe that the streak is taking on a life of its own. Uh, that, that it's it's parallel to WrestleMania. So I believe that's unique and an honor inside of itself. Uh, when we talk about Hulk Hogan, I would give him as the godfather of WrestleMania. When we talk about the macho man, Randy Savage, I would say he is the original, the OG, Mr. WrestleMania. Uh, but after our great conversations, running down the resumes, I, I believe that the crown, much like Masto, Macho passed the crown along himself, uh, that... The crown has been passed, and Shawn Michaels is is very much earned the title of Mister WrestleMania. Damn, Joe, I'm shocked. I thought you were going to go somewhere else there. So- I want to give I want to give the uh, the others their props, but I, I think Macho set that tone, set the table, but but has passed it on. So I will go next, and I will, of course, as you can see by the shirt, I'm wearing a Hulkamania shirt, I am going to go with Hulk Hogan, even though he's the godfather, most important figure. I think if you're the most important figure, you have to be Mr. WrestleMania yourself. So eight main events, great record, multiple title wins, multiple titles. The whole thing to me is there wouldn't be WrestleMania without him. He was the draw of WrestleMania. He was the draw of every WrestleMania he was ever a part of. Most people, and I would say maybe all, but I won't, even though I want to say all, but 
most people watch WrestleMania because of Hulk Hogan and Hulkamania. He set it off. He's the reason we are where we're at right now. Let's pay homage. Let's pay respect to the man, the Bay Ruth of professional wrestling. But eight main events and the focal point of 11 WrestleManias, the Hulkster. And even just for shits and giggles, came back at 18 and 19 and was the focal point of both those shows and probably stole the show both times with an old Vince McMahon and with The Rock, where he passed the torch all along to The Rock. Hogan is the man. He is Mr. WrestleMania. But I might get outruled here. Jargo, what do you got? You know, you, you call Hulk Hogan the Babe Ruth of professional wrestling. And uh, I, I prefer to think of him as uh, the Mickey Mantle of uh, professional wrestling. You know, he, he was great, but he was kind of a douchebag. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I'm going with Shawn Michaels. Um, I, I came into this with Shawn Michaels. I'm coming out of this with Shawn Michaels. Rick, I, I think you have made a very, very wise decision. I'm happy to see that you have chosen wisely. We can uh, continue our show. Uh, we, we, we'll continue with that. No, no bad blood there. Um, but I will say uh, that going through this list, um, I, I agree. Uh, Undertaker, probably, you know, the greatest performer of WrestleMania history, right? That's the only word I can use to explain the Undertaker in the streak. Um, Hulk Hogan, absolutely the godfather. Um, Bret Hart, I thought you made a very, very good case for. Macho Man, uh, those early days of WrestleMania, yeah, I think there's absolutely a case there. And surprisingly, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I think that we made a really, really good case for Dwayne, even though I had never thought of him inside of that context before this show. But yeah, I, I'm going with my favorite Huckleberry, RBV. The answer was, is, and forever will be the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. My only, and I'm outruled here, so I guess Shawn Michaels wins, technically Mr. WrestleMania, which he was christened by the WWE and christened by himself. The only, my only caveat to that is, and I know a buddy of mine mentioned this to me, I mentioned these guys called Wisco, never ordered a Mania, and I know so many people are the same thing, never ordered a WrestleMania because of Shawn Michaels. So he was never the draw of the show. Even when he was in the main event, I know 12 didn't go along that well power-wise, so they bring back Piper, they bring back Warrior to try to get some more juice into the show because Michaels really, and, and you found out when he was champion, not a good draw. One of the worst draws ever as champion in WWF history. So to me, that's my only caveat with Michaels. Obviously, great wrestler, great performer. Never a draw. Sorry to the fans that think he was. Never, ever a draw. Um, and just wasn't the guy you would order WrestleMania for. He was that guy you'd be like, wow, he stole the show. Or, wow, what a bright spot. But he was never the guy you'd say, man, I want to spend my $50 on WrestleMania. Hogan, yes. I uh, even I, say Undertaker for sure. But. Michaels, I don't think so. I think we disqualify Hulk Hogan now because of all the amazing talents we've talked about, none of them have ever showed up at WrestleMania dressed like a pirate. <laughs> You're right, Titus O'Neil. That Mr. was a WrestleMania. Rib. That was a rib. I, I, I'm convinced they were screwing with Hulkster. Oh, clearly. Clearly. Yeah. And you knew he was going to go along with it. Well, yeah, I mean, what's Hogan got going on otherwise, you know? If he's not Hulk Hogan, <laughs> what else has he got? So, Shawn Michaels, let's say he is Mr. WrestleMania. Put the stamp on it. You guys outvoted me uh, two to one here. So, in his career, kayfabe-wise, only 6-11 and 11 with five main events total in WrestleMania history. Obviously, co-main event in another show as well. But one of those things where I don't think we're quite done yet. Yes, 
we cemented who is Mr. WrestleMania, but there's a few other things. Who is the worst performer? Which we'll get into part four next week if you guys are up for it. Who is the worst performer in WrestleMania history? Triple H is already a strong front runner, but there are some other names that popped into my head, and I've been thinking of it. Uh, of some really, really bad performers in Mania history. He had so many matches, you would think there's no way it's possible. Oh, it's possible. Um, who are some of the best one-night performances at Mania? We'll talk a little bit more about Brett. We'll talk a little bit more about Macho. We'll talk about more about Daniel Bryan. And the greatest WrestleMania feuds of all time, Hogan Savage, Hogan Andre the Giant, Steve Austin the Rock, and some others. And we'll come up with some other cool topics as well. So I think uh, we got a little, uh, little more to do on this series. All right, Jay, uh, if anybody, you know, listening, if you've enjoyed this this ride up to this point with us uh, for part four, if you got a suggestion uh, of something we can discuss, uh, best, worst of the, you know, at WrestleMania, let us know. Uh, you hit any of us on social media for that. Love it. I will say that I, I still believe that the greatest moment in WrestleMania history is Bobby Heenan riding a camel backwards. <laughs> Well, maybe we might have to get into that greatest moment in WrestleMania history. Yeah. Um, as far as the plugs, let's get into those right now. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. Of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. RBV, what do you got? Uh, as always, uh, with the Hami Media Group right now, we are still looking for a home. Uh, things up in the works. We're just waiting on a call. Either way, we're going to be heading to our own platform. Uh, potentially been talked about it on one of the hundreds of shows that he's on. I can't recall which one, but we possibly something with the realm network. Uh, so you never know, but until then, patreon.com backslash, I mean, media group. I know you hear that in the Patreon, but hey, we got a lot of free content, uh, your locker rooms, your reviews, all that's over there. So again, that is patreon.com backslash, I mean, media group. And for the affiliate programs, we're still alive on Podbeam, so you can get Jargo, you can get South Park Talk, you can get Jargo and me, South Park Talk, uh, the Star Trek, Star Wars, what, what else do we got over there? I, there's all sorts. We, the Right Opinion, so, all sorts of great programming. It's the Hobby Media Group uh, on Podbeam.com. But for me personally, all social media at The Real RBV. I guess you Jargo, can- what do you got? You can get at me across all social media at not Jargo, michaeljargo.com for all of your daily Jargo needs. Uh, the studio kind of get starting to get torn apart as we're uh, boxing everything up for the 203. So uh, looking forward to that. So I, Two I weeks, may, buddy, right? Two weeks. Yeah, I, I, I may be a bit incognito as we uh, finish getting everything wrapped up because at a certain point, I'm going to have to pack up the rest of the studio as you can see like all the shelves and shit are getting all cleared out already but uh so uh yeah exciting times scary times crazy times good stuff nice good stuff indeed we will be back for part four discussing many things we just said moments memories and everything in between thank you everybody for tuning in this week we'll see you right back here next week for who is mr wrestlemania see you next week folks This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies. 
brother. <laughs>